This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And Court, if you, I know you do, but if anybody out there gets their news feed with a Z, mm-hmm. they would see that if they'd signed up, they would get a um, next week free Zupan's Virginia Peanuts with a $20 purchase from June 28th to the 30th. I bought a whole can of those yesterday and ate the uh, honey. I think they're honey, what are they called? All right, let me start that over again. Yep. And ate a lot of those. So I, if I'd waited a, a couple of weeks, maybe I'll get another one. You get a whole canister of that. They're extra large and they're hand-cooked. They're delicious uh, and they're huge. Another thing you should uh, check out when you go to uh, zoopants.com to sign up for that news feed is check out their Big Dinners in the Breezeway Summer Alfresco Dining Series featuring four-course dinner and wine pairings coming up July 6th. Mediterranean Feast. The uh, menu features Greek sliced lamb, chicken kebabs, and seasonal roasted vegetables, as well as wines from Domenat. So be sure to check that out. Summer Dinner Series is nearly sold out through September, so you want to grab your tickets soon at zoopans.com. And Cord, I went to one of those a few years ago, yeah. a couple of years ago, and I understand they've upgraded them a little bit. The wine is elevated now, mm-hmm. and they're inviting fewer people. That's so what Zoopans is all about. It's, it's a elevating and upgrading. Setting. Yes, ele- elevating and upgrading your life. Yep. Um, and then uh, floral design and wine classes are coming. Learn to create beautiful theme floral arrangements, plus enjoy wine and hors d'oeuvres. The upcoming classes are June 23rd in Lake Oswego. That'll be early summer blossoms. Then July 12th at Burnside, which is flower crowns and mini bouquet bouquets. And August 9th at Burnside, local wildflowers. And you can get tickets for those events at zoopans.com. Three locations of Zupans Markets, McAdam, Burnside, Lake Oswego, and always at zoopans.com. All right, here we go. It's time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. Oops, I'm sorry I didn't mean to talk over you. That wasn't very professional of me. You were being professional and I wasn't. But anyway, that's Court Johnson over there being a professional on the airwaves on kink.fm 101.9. That's exactly right. You can listen to Court. uh, You're on at different times, but mainly in the afternoon. Mainly in the afternoon. Weekdays, afternoon, three to seven. Sometimes on Sunday. It's a good thing to do. It's the last commercial radio station I have ever listened to and the only one I ever do. Oh, well, I I appreciate that. I appreciate the support. Yeah, well, anytime, Court. Whatever whatever I can do. Um, So today... Uh, you know, it's we're getting into summer ice yeah. cream ice cream time. Oh, it's it's perfect. In fact, I think if I'm thinking about this correctly, summer is either about to happen. The official start. What day is it? Like June? Oh, or? it's coming up this week. That's yeah, okay. right. So it's like days away. Actually, when this podcast comes out, I think that is it. I think it's a summer solstice, which would be the longest day of the year. Yep. In terms of the sun. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, it is. But it goes slowly, so enjoy. It's one of the things I enjoy most about the Pacific Northwest is that our sunsets are later than they were when I lived in Connecticut. Right. So, it all has to do with where you are within the boundary of the time zone, Time right? zone, right. Yeah. So I was on the front end of this time zone right. over there, yeah. and here I'm on the rear end. But still, the further north you get as well. Get, yeah. So, no, it, it is, it, it is, it's amazing to 
be after like 10 o'clock and still have a little bit of a glow out there. Enough light. It's great. And I I love it. And I remember when I went up to Victoria, BC once, I was, it was 1030 when it was still dark. So um, did you know if anybody who has friends on the East Coast or used to live there that here in Portland, we are about on the same latitude as, what do you think? What would you think? I've, I've done this before. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I know that like same land okay because we're Earth, just below this major city Earth uh, New York no Montreal oh oh okay yeah because because the yeah, reason we're, I know we're that far north other than looking yeah but when you drive and you go down to Salem uh-huh. you hit that forty fifth parallel oh that's right that you hit in northern Vermont when you're coming when I was coming back from Montreal gotcha. same thing so yeah. Anyway, so a lot more time to enjoy ice cream mm-hmm. um, and beautiful nights. We had one last night. Yep. Gorgeous night. And so um, we thought we would have back uh, Chad Drazen of 50 Licks, whom we had on episode... Number 41 back in... this. We actually had him in December of, what I, so, and of this 2014 is, was when he was first on the show. Right. So that's probably analogous to what he pointed out to us, right. which is if you go back and listen to that episode, Chad in this episode points out that then he was pretty miserable. Yeah. He was in the middle of the winter yeah. and they only had their store on Clinton Street, not yet have this great, incredible ice cream shop mm-hmm. right in the middle of the everything at 28th and Burnside, the right. new 50 Licks. But things were pretty frustrating for him then, and it sounded like, when in retrospect, he didn't know if he was going to make it or how he was going to do it. But he did. Yeah. So it's a wonderful success story for a really nice guy and a small operator here in Portland who, you know, has some competition. There's some great ice cream spots in Portland. There are, and, and I should point this out. I didn't, get have a, I didn't have a chance to tell him this. I was wearing a T-shirt for a comp- competing ice cream place the other day. And when he was here? No, no, no. Just I was wearing it out and about. Okay. And I was at a store, and and I, you, you know when you wear a t-shirt and you forget what you're wearing and somebody comments on it, and you're mm-hmm. like, what are you talking? Oh, oh. That. So I'm at a store, and the, and the woman says, oh, you like ice cream, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, and I wasn't buying ice cream. I'm right. Like, what are you talking? And then I re- I'm like, oh. And she's like, do you know what you need to check out? You need to check out 50 Licks. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm like, I have had 50 Licks, and yes, I need to go back. And I'll tell you, one of the things we talk about in this podcast was um, I always I felt bad for Chad because he was struggling starting the original 56 and uh, 50, 50 Licks. Oh, 50, he needs 56 locations. There we so go. You can say that. That's a good number. But he, it was a bit of a struggle, and the story goes, he opened in the middle of, on Clinton st- Street, right next to St. Jack and Vindaloo, and those after he opened, those restaurants just closed. Yeah. So with an ice cream shop, that's a built-in clientele. If people are going for a nice dinner, oh, sure. oh let's go for ice cream. Right yep. So they closed, and then... As he tells it in this podcast, it's awesome that he would drive home and just drive by the the lines at Salt and Straw mm-hmm. and be pretty distraught about it. Not that he was, you know, he wasn't wishing, it's not that he's ever wished Salt and Straw ill, right. but it was pretty sad when you're trying to yeah. work so hard at it and you're watching it. So, and in, in listening, when anyone listens to the podcast, you'll hear Chad talk about some of his favorite other ice cream places that deserve recognition too because they're all doing great work Mm -hmm. so um it's been nice to see chad grow to a a business of with 40 employees yeah so um it's an interesting podcast to listen to and we start it 
because he had posted on Facebook kind of a letter to anybody considering starting a food business and why they may not want to do that. So I wanted to have him in and springboard from there into the rest of the discussion. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. I didn't get to really say hi. Thank you. Hi. How are you? How often do you get your hair cut? I did it. I do it myself. I did it like five minutes ago. Really? That yeah. makes it easy. Not five minutes ago. Five minutes before I left the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need to get into that. That's it, where I need to go with my hairstyle. It's just one thing all the way up. Yeah. I used to have a real hairstyle, and my wife said that uh, it's time to let go of the hair. <laughs> well, I, I, for me, that was longer ago than. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. still got a you got a hairline in front. I do. I used to have a little widow's peak, but it's missing now. So, mm-hmm. I like it though. Thanks. I think I look all right. I got a good skull, I'm blessed <laughs> with with a nice skull. I've never heard anybody decide based on. Yeah, I think it matters based on skull. Some and people there are probably have a lot a, of people who try bald, bald, and then find out they don't have a good skull. Yeah, but what are you going to do at that point? You just wait. You wait, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I once had a woman cut my hair, and when I didn't like it, she said, "Oh, it's hair; it grows back." And I said, You're not the person I want cutting my hair. Right? <laughs> it's like if you could just excuse. Like, imagine if a customer came to us and got sick, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you'll get better." Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. Same thing. And there'll be other ice cream that yeah, you like. This yeah. was just one. Don't sweat it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Totally. So, um, thank you for coming in again. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's it's been a while. What? It's been like five or six years. Probably. I yes, think, it yeah. has. I had just opened the first shop then. Right. And yeah, that was six years ago, six years this summer. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. also you were, um, Heather was the one who booked you, I believe, yes. or suggested. Well, I think the three of us all knew each other. So Right, right. Yeah. But you were working with Heather right. at the time. So right. that, but that, 
the reason I say that was that would take it back to 2015 mm-hmm. at least. Oh yeah, I think it was 2013. I mean, we can look or it up. It's a fact, by the way. Somebody knows. Although facts don't matter anymore. Somebody they, must know when we. You've been on a million times. Uh-huh. Everybody loves listening to you. Yeah. So it's been great. So actually, what triggered trigger two things? I'm going to bring. I'm going to ask you in a moment. We're going to talk about what triggered the the Facebook post that you put out there, which I thought sure. was really interesting and relevant. And it's nothing that a lot of people didn't know, but just you put it in really good words. But the other thing I wanted to start with is you posted the other day that um, clam strips were the worst thing you could think of in terms of what they, the way they sound. I saw it on a menu in a dive bar, and I couldn't just the word clam strips just was so unappealing to me in the context of this bar and this setting. Oh, okay. There <laughs> and, you go. Oh, it, okay. Well, yeah. that had to do with that. So I thought it was interesting because a guy who's serving ice cream. Yeah. Would, so for me, ice cream and clam strips meant Howard Johnson's growing up. Oh, that's so, before my time. Yeah, it's before your time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought it was interesting, this guy, this gentleman serving great ice cream is having a problem with clam strips because for me, they kind of go together. You wow. Know, clam I strips and then, yeah, I would have never made that association. I like clams. I don't have anything wrong with strips. It's just the words together didn't. Yeah, like some people okay. can't handle moist. moist. Really moist? Yeah. I'm with you on that one. You don't like if you moist? think about it. Well, it depends. Kind of depends on what it's up against or what it's defining. Very few things should ever be described as moist. Hmm. Like uh, moist cake. Yeah, I like a, cho- a moist chocolate cake. Sure. But then you think, where's that moisture coming from? And that's where the problem right. begins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never. I, I got to think of. I don't have a problem with moist, but it's a real word problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, oh mm-hmm. interesting. So let, let's have a whole podcast on word problems and getting sure. people over them. Yeah. What what can people, what'll turn people off from listening to this podcast? I was going to say, if, yeah. that's, if, that's if we want to go down that road. <laughs> right. Here's 45 minutes of words that we think you, you hate. hate. Yeah. They're gonna be, there's going to be stuff people don't want to listen to anyway, sure. so we may as well just go right there yeah. and go for the kill. But let me, um, let me call up the, I want you to, should I read it or I, should you? I think you? I have it on my phone. I got it. I just have to find uh, Google sh- uh, Docs. Oh, so, I'm not looking for sheets. I'm I was, looking for Docs. Yeah, it shouldn't be in sheets unless you've like <laughs> no, somehow spreadsheeted it. It's not in sheets, but I copied it this morning, I think. The idea was, I don't know. I talk to so many people in so many different businesses. I, I get pretty regular emails and phone calls from people that are trying to start a food business and either they want some advice or they want to rent space and time in our kitchen. We don't have space or time in our kitchen. We are using it to the max, especially this time of year. But frequently, it'll be somebody who has a hobby or a home business or they've got a great recipe for, I don't know what, kimchi or... Somebody told them it was good. Right. Three people told them it was good. And it probably is really good. Right. But I see people that are maybe starting a second career and have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And they don't even know what their parameters of success or failure are. So, and what we've all learned, and you hear like when you watch Shark Tank, mm-hmm. ideas are cheap and they're a dime, dime a dozen. And it's talent is close to that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting because that's the second aspect that you're saying doesn't necessarily matter until well, you put all these ingredients together. Talent for the product is great, but if there's nobody that's going to buy, if there aren't enough people going to buy the product, 
You want? Should we read it or should I describe? No, I think you should read it. Okay, because me... uh, it was perfectly, it was well written, and I think it wouldn't hurt. And uh, you may as well read it all because you spent time. Did you? Did this just flow off of your fingertips, or I thought did you it was spend gonna, time and edit it? Well, I thought it was going to be three sentences, and then I realized that I had to really clarify a little right. bit. So, I don't remember who in specific made me think of it, but um, all right. Small business startup tip: before you begin, you must number one. Work backwards. How much take-home money do you need to live off in a week, a year, a month? What is the minimum quantity of money that would make it worth that 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 would be worth it for you to work like a maniac for seventy-hour weeks for two years or ten, and grow cynical and probably bitter, perhaps toward the thing you love if you made the mistake to turn your hobby into a business? What is it worth to lose most of your friends because you're too busy to hang out? What is it worth to hurt relationships with your family, kids, partner? Got a number? The minimum number you'll need to survive, plus the minimum it's worth to take all those sacrifices. Got it? Good. How much product do you need to sell to earn that profit money? We're talking profit after cost of goods, after overhead. How many customers will you need in a day to hit that number goal, that dollar goal? Is it reasonable for you to sell that much, uh, m- that much in a day? If not, don't start. You can't win. Uh, in order to sell this volume of product or service, does the business need to be bigger than you're comfortable managing? If so, don't start. You can't win. I, I'm going to interrupt. A lot Just of people, yourself, my, right? myself, a lot of people that I talk to want to run a garage style hobby business, but you can't do it like that. It has to be a certain size. Otherwise your overhead and your costs are always going to be ahead of you. You're going to be at the farmer's market every weekend, begging people to try your thing and spending hours setting up and breaking down. And it's just like, you can't get to a successful, comfortable place and have it be small. I'm I'm sure there's exceptions, but I haven't seen it done in the food industry. Mm. Uh, Let's see. Um, Number three, how many customers are there in your market, the city, the region, the world, if you're online? What share of that market do you think you'll capture? Got a number? You're wrong. There are less people in that market. Will everyone in your share of the market buy from you once a year, once a week, once a lifetime? Are there realistically enough people to buy all this stuff or service? Whatever you're thinking, you're wrong. You need twice as many customers as you think. If there aren't twice as many uh, possible uh, possible customers to buy the amount of product or service you're offering to hit the bare minimum of how much money you need to make it worthwhile, section one, don't start. You can't win. Realistically, if there's no way you can sell enough product a day to hit your profit number, don't start. You can't win. If you say you're not in it for the money, so you think this doesn't apply to you, you will be miserable and trapped in this business, and you will regret deep in your soul your decision to start this business in the first place. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. The rest of it is a note to a friend of mine who's yeah. the editor of Entrepreneur Magazine. I don't know how that got in yeah. there, but yeah, so um, anybody reading that, I would generally think that if they took all of that to heart, 98% of people would say, I'm not going to, okay, if he's right, I'm not going to do that. And you have some experience to know this. I mean- Let's talk a little bit so not everybody knows the history of 50 Lit. Sure. I started the business uh, 10 years ago uh, next month uh, was when we sold our first scoop of ice cream. I had no idea what I was doing besides understanding how to make great ice cream. Um and you have a science background. Well, I'm too. a science nerd. I don't really have any kind of degree or anything in it, but I used to be a brewer and I went to brewing school and I learned a ton of 
uh, food science there, and I uh, learned a lot how to, materials handling process, how to make a craft product at a commercial scale. And I use that every day, that knowledge. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. We were You're talking about starting 50 licks with no knowledge. Oh, right. And- so I had a little bit of money saved up, and I knew I would have to, I wanted to grow the business organically so I wouldn't waste all the money all up front. Um, and I can grow incrementally. And I found that at every increment I grew to, it wasn't enough. It was, I was always losing money. I had to continue growing, growing gradually, gradually, very slowly. And it was hard. It was, I felt so alone for so much of it. You know, I had seasonal employees that would work in the summer and then leave. And I was the only person I felt that cared. I was the only person on my team that was a real team member um, for years, for years and years. And then Salt and Straw uh, uh, started a few years in and that was, they were kind of a runaway train and that was a challenge. Um, By the way, you didn't mention any of that. Yeah. In that, in that initial About competition. That competition. Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted to just make that from the bare bones, like work backwards. Right. How much money do you want to make out of this? Is that possible? Is that possible at the size of the business that you're comfortable running? Cause mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to run a big business. I didn't really want to run a big business. Mm-hmm. We have about 40 employees right now. Cause it's the summertime. And how many do you have? We have two, two shops. Two we have a relatively new truck up in Northwest on 24th and Thurman. Um, and then I have the other truck that does events and catering. And so you're, uh, and, and our you're, production facility. And as while well. we're at it, we may as well mention. So one of your shops is like at the apex of Portland, um, 28th and Burnside. Oh, it's such a good location. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> when you opened that, that was awesome. That changed my life. Yeah, exactly. It, my life was constant money fear and constant worries about everything and paucity. <laughs> I was broke. So when you opened your Clinton street, so mm-hmm. it's Clinton and what is Clinton in between 20th and 21st. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and St. Jack was there. Mm-hmm. So you had a natural for an ice cream shop. There are a lot of people who would eat great meal at St. Jack and mm-hmm. that had a great reputation and then come over and have ice cream. And then the next thing you know, yeah. And Vindaloo was, was across the street right. and they and went out of business before we opened. Right. And then a sushi, pl- it, it was a disaster. We were the only lights on, on the street. We do most of our business, like 80% of our business after 7 p.m. Mm. We're the after dinner crowd, we're the date night crowd. And to have all those restaurants go out at the same time was murder. Um, and you're watching, when that happened, I remember this because you were on yeah. the podcast at the time. Salt and Straw's opening and they're, you know, and I was trying to, Ruth hitting home runs out of the park. Constantly. I was trying to keep it together on the podcast last time and I'm trying to keep on a happy face, but that was one of the darkest times of my life. Um, just recently before that, kind of all the staff quit at once. And I found myself for a week being the only employee in the shop, Mm. working double shifts, seven days, opening, closing, mopping the floors, just not having any time to even interview anybody and just being exhausted. And, you know, I would go to, I would go to work before my wife woke up and I would come home and she was asleep and we weren't married at the time. And it put a huge strain on our relationship and she didn't know how to be supportive of me in the right way. And there's no, there's no real finite, uh, light at the end of the tunnel. There wasn't. I really, I really believed that the whole thing would fail. And little by little, we started to earn more customers and then restaurants started moving in on the block and we became part of people's lives. We, I've watched, I've watched people, young kids that were children, like young children when they started eating at 50 Licks, 
coming back and graduating high school and going off to college. And I can't believe it. It blows my mind. It makes me so happy when I see that kind of thing, that we're part of people's lives. But anyway, it was a long, long, slow, slow crawl. And What kept you going through all that? I had no alternative. What was I going to do? I owed all this money to, you know, to, to, to bank loans for equipment and, and credit card debt and everything. But I mean, there's a possibility you're just going to accrue more debt and get in deeper. Yeah. At that point in time. I, okay. The thing is, I'm pretty much unemployable. <laughs> I have a really, really crazy, intense ADHD and it makes me good. It's a huge benefit in certain things, creative problem solving, ability to make connections, between different ideas, um, ability to see the big picture and understand things on a, on a different level. Um, but it does not make me very good at being detail oriented and working a regular job. You make a couple of mistakes. That's and all you're you out were of in there. the beginning was a lot of details. Well, I'm terrible. The office stuff and the detail stuff is the stuff that I'm the worst at. And fortunately I am just so grateful that I have an incredible team right now that is help, helping me with didn't. those You details. had to get through this whole period where you were relying on yourself to do the stuff it, that you weren't great at yeah. to grow. And usually, at least for me, like the <clears> stuff <throat> that I'm not good at generally takes up 85% of my time because I'm bad at it, so it takes forever. <laughs> and so that winds up being most of the day's work is the, is the stuff that I don't, I'm not good at. I have a woman that- And it accrues because you don't want to do it, so you procrastinate yeah. it. Yeah. And then it becomes a bigger problem. Or I screw it up. And I have a woman this morning is texting me because we're doing an event at a winery and they need insurance paperwork and our health license and all this paperwork emailed to her. That might be two seconds for somebody who's good at that kind of thing, but that'll take me four days to find all those papers well, and plus send them to a, her. But it's another day of stressing about doing it. Exactly. I find you stress about the things you really stress about sometimes take, when you finally yeah. do it, it's five, three minutes and it's off the plate. Yeah. And so it takes somebody emailing me or texting me to nag me like, hey, could you just sit down for five seconds right. and send me this damn You're not alone, email? I don't think. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, um. I drove by that spot on 28th and Burnside. And I'd said for years that that is like one of the best locations in the city. And if I ever see it available, I'm snatching it. And my wife spotted the for lease sign in the window. And she's like, pull over right now. I'm like, oh, call when I got. She's like, no, pull over. We're calling them. An hour later, I had a lease in my hand. And I had no idea how we were going to be able to afford the build out. But I realized that we didn't have any choice. We couldn't just be having another year of breaking even you know, me taking home barely anything <laughs> to live on. Um, and then that location kind of just exploded once we had it open. And you're dealing with a product. I remember seeing some of your frustrations when you were doing deliveries or transporting. It would melt. Oh, my God. Uh, your car. Then it wasn't because anything other than your car broke down. Or, or something. I mean, yeah. here's, a, here's a, <clears throat> last week we were having a real serious negotiation with our dairy over a new product. Um, we had meetings back and forth in the middle of this. I get a call that our main walk-in freezer has broken down. So I go into the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction mode, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tell me everything that's happening, you know? And, and I, I've got the, I've got the freezer repair guy coming. We're trying to coordinate having a temporary freezer trailer delivered to our kitchen so that we can rescue all of our ice cream. And we're coordinating everything. We're running with ice cream from the kitchen I've got teams of people making trips with the delivery van and the ice cream truck to the shops and to all these freezers to try to put everything somewhere before it all melts. And, you know, the freezer repair guy stayed till midnight and it took three days, but we got it fixed and we didn't lose any ice cream. But it was just 
I was really proud because our team worked together. Like it, it was just incredible, the coordination and, and everything that it took. But when it was all done, I like all that emotion that I was holding in between the earlier week negotiation and all this, I just kind of like, <gasps> it was such a release when, when it was all fixed. But that kind of stuff happens all the time. And now it, it appears you have a team you can rely on. Who cares? It's amazing. Because in the beginning, you didn't have that. I didn't have that. So. And I had a lot of people that I felt like were on somebody else's team. Um, wow. But in the wow. last two years, it's just been fantastic. I, I trust everybody to the utmost. My kitchen team is totally on point. It used to be that I would either come up with all the concepts of the flavors or be very heavily involved in uh, the recipe development. And these guys know the 50 Lick style. They understand all the stuff about ice cream that I do. And every time I taste a new flavor, it just blows me away more than the previous one. Wow. So, think, and when did that happen? Because in the beginning, it was all you. Yeah. And so you're tasting your own flavors, and sometimes we're not as good a judge of our own Perhaps. things than, yeah. as we could. And also, now, I've learned a lot in the last 10 years as well, mm -hmm. and had a lot of experience. I, I don't want to throw any former staff members under the bus, but um, we've, we've had some egos involved. Uh, we've had some personality conflicts. We've had very talented people, but now we have just the right combination of people with skill and people who appreciate being on this team and are proud to be a part of it. And are you at the stage now where you're a little more successful so that you can afford to pay those people to be? We're paying them more and more every day. And all the extra revenue that comes in goes to paying off debts and increasing staff salary. Um, that's definitely, so and that's probably part of it as well. It's a chicken and the egg it's, yeah, part of the situation. Right, too. Exactly. You get more loyalty and better staff when you have more resources. But so. I also think that I think that the staff appreciates being in a place that's respected, that's well-loved. They see the cash is coming in and they're not worried that it's going to go out of business um, and is better organized. We are a much smoother machine. It's taken me years to just to come up with stupid things like, let's say we have a 200-person minimum, just for example, because it's a real example, 200-serving uh, minimum for a weekend summer catering event. And somebody comes to me with their wedding, it's 120 people. I just last month came up with the idea of putting them on a wait list. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that until last month. It's such a simple thing, but like, oh yeah, I, I can't guarantee you the day, but a week before we'll call you and see if you're still interested and, and we can, we can break our minimum in that case. How does someone plan that way? I don't know. Can't wait. I don't know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we get, we get last minute. I got an event last week, Monday, they called me up. It was a Nike event. They wanted to have me out for 100 servings on Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I get a phone call at 8 a.m. Hey, there's going to be more people than we anticipated. Well, how many more? I don't know. Maybe 200. More? No, and uh, a double. It. Okay. So I'm like, you know what? I better not just send my, my uh, uh, events staff there, my one guy, Seth. Uh, I'm going to just join him just to see. We did 709 scoops of ice cream wow. that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad I was there, but like, yeah, stuff happens last minute and it's good for us to be flexible. We try to be as, you know, as good with our clients as we can, but we do have to make sure that the weekends we've got, we've got 12 Saturdays and 12 Sundays. We make a lot of money in the summer, but we lose a lot of money in the winter. Every month, nine months of the year are a net loss. So we have to hope that we stack up enough cash in the summer to make it through the winter. Um, and we don't know what that number is going to be. It's all about the weather. 
But you have a general idea after so many years. After so many years, but like this winter, we lost 40,000 more than we lost last winter. So that's a big number. That's a lot to lose. That's a big number. Yeah. Especially, you know, if it had been early on and you don't, you're, everything's just flowing out, melting out the door. Yes. But our our costs were lower then. We Mm -hmm. didn't have rent in three places. We didn't have 40 staff members. Right. We didn't have, you know, all of that stuff. 40 is very impressive. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of part-time like college students and stuff scooping in the shop. We've got three people in the kitchen. I have a GM for the, uh, for the shops. Uh, I have a delivery driver. I have myself. I have some assistant managers. I have. I just hired somebody to help me out in the office, which is so necessary. Um, That's great. So, yeah. what uh, if you don't mind me asking? Because it's uh, I growing up, mm-hmm. my uh, the girls I was hanging out with used to work at Baskin Robbins, mm-hmm. and I remember specifically they were making. And this is just an obvious time timeline thing. But so this would have been in the seventies, mid seventies, a dollar eighty five an hour mm-hmm. to scoop ice cream. Where, well, where mi- are we now? Minimum wage is about to hit uh twelve fifty right. uh in July. Right now it's twelve dollars an hour, but we give raises to people every year that they've been working with us. Um and, and tips, tips are, are probably pretty good. Tips are crazy. They can be twenty five dollars an hour in the summer. Um I feel bad because my GM isn't legally allowed to take a share of the tips right. unless he works solo. He can take, you know, the cash tips. Right. Um, and I feel I pay him a lot, but I think that most he of the staff pay, makes more than him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Well, that happened with, uh, we just had Scott Dolich on the podcast. That, mm-hmm. that was a problem for Park Kitchen. Same thing. Yeah. The GM would fill in and wait tables. I and, remember the news story about yeah, it. Yeah. So. Um, so you, and you're always you're, you're navigating a lot of hurdles, right. Too that you have to overcome. Well, like for instance, that Nike event, um, my my uh, events guy Seth made like eight hundred dollars in gratuity for those four hours that we scooped the Nike thing because I couldn't take a share, and I was very happy to give it to him. He definitely earned it, right. and he made rent from a few hours worth of work. But yeah, it's um. So let, let me just ask. This is off on a tangent. I'm yeah. curious because I. <clears throat> I've actually identified all the episodes on Curb Your Enthusiasm that I that have tip problems, you know, Larry mm-hmm. David with tips. Yeah. And I feel that way. The reason I've done that is like, you know, I for me to get served at a, a bakery and mm-hmm. have someone hand me a bag with two pastries in it, and I'm now, you know, pastries are now $4 a piece, two in there, am I supposed to leave a $2 tip for that? Or a dollar, even a dollar tip. I would leave a dollar. That's yeah, 25 you, cents on handing a I thing. I know, exactly. I feel you. I so feel you. I so, um, so I'm just going to ask the, mm-hmm. the food cart operators yeah. who are owner operators, can they have a tip jar there and keep the tip? If they don't have anybody working with them. Oh, if, if they're they have the only any, ones. If, okay. you're the, if, you're the, if you're the only person working during that shift and you're the owner, you're allowed to take the tips. Okay. But if it's, and I'm not a lawyer, so, <laughs> but yeah, this no. is the best of my understanding. <laughs> Don't ne- anybody uh, cite Chad or the podcast. I'm for- not taking any tips from any staff myself at all, and neither is our, our, our management team. But if you show up and you're the only one there that day, can yes. you, take, you can take yes. tips. Yes, if I cater, I just catered a movie shoot um, on Friday, and I will be taking the tips from that event, yes. Do you ever, are you ever um, tempted to say, no, you don't go, I, I got this one, just I, because you need that, <laughs> you wouldn't mind taking the 500 bucks? I don't do that. <laughs> we had an, a, a situation last summer where it was definitely a two-person event, 
And one staff person told the other person, oh, I got this. You don't have to show up because he wanted to take the double share of the tips. It's like when it's a lot of money, it can be really competitive. And that was definitely not okay at all. (laughs) Well, yeah. uh, yeah, And that's something you have to prevent against Mm because it's only natural for someone to think they can do it all. Right. And, right, uh, I can just work extra hard, but like, no, right. our clients come first. They need to be served quickly yeah. when they have a catering event. They're paying us to be there and that's our job. Right. So where do you get all this business, the catering business? It just happens. It's kind of mostly word of mouth now. Wow. It's kind of, I mean, people will, people will Google, well, the weddings, it's either word of mouth or they've been to somebody else's wedding where they had it. With the corporate stuff, a lot of times it's somebody that's an office manager that's like, oh, we're having our company barbecue. We should have an ice cream truck. And then they'll Google ice cream trucks Portland. They see a picture of ours. They go to our website. They submit the form. A lot of those have never had our ice cream before. Like the movie shoot the other day, we've been on so many movie and TV shoots that it's all the same crew working on all these different, different oh, so shoots. So they know your flavors. So they've, they're, yeah, they're, they've yeah, been in and, you know, they, you know, they, they, they ask for us by name because they've had us at another shoot or they come into the ice cream shop. Pausing here a moment, Chris, to talk about Ringside Steakhouse, the place to go to for any event. And it's a great, great place to pause yes. and enjoy life. Yeah. I was just there last night. I did the Sunday happy hour with my son. You spend um, time, because I typically go with uh, with my my daughter, so I can't take them into the, the sunken bar area. But you, right. you spend, oftentimes that's where you're going, right? Yeah, it's an unbelievable value. That's what I'm looking for. But yeah. I know, I also go and enjoy some meals at Ringside, too, oh, which right. are fantastic. Yep. Uh, I've had some great steaks and other things. But last night, I don't, I think we had, we must have ordered eight, Things and the entire tab for two people. We both had a couple of beers. Was uh, fifty two dollars for. I mean, we had burger, sandwich, three orders of shrimp cocktail, which yeah. were awesome. Mm-hmm. So everything's between three seventy five and and five seventy five at happy hour on the Sundays between four thirty and five, and then after nine. That's right. After nine thirty, Monday through Saturday. Is it nine thirty? I've got it pulled up right here. So you got happy hour Monday through Saturday. 9.30 to close. Right. Sundays, 4 to 5.30. Yeah. And then 9.30 to close. Right. Except, be careful on holidays. Holidays. They don't do Something. Sunday happy right. hour. I've, I've been nabbed with that. Yep. It's okay. You just go get a real uh, real meal. Right. Here's And here's a reason to go on Mondays. Uh, Monday is prime time and enjoy a three-course prime rib dinner for only 35 bucks while supplies last. You've done that. We've done. You? We've both done that. Yeah. We've done that a few times. It's yeah. great. It's good to... You know, I don't order prime rib that much anymore so it's good to go to a restaurant like ringside prime rib is not on the menu in most portland places right. so it's a special thing uh, other thing we should bring to people's attention uh, speaking of that sunken bar they're going right. to be doing some touch-up to that bar i think they're right. actually going to expand the bar area a little bit make right. it a little bigger right as well as do some other improvements to the facility so ringside steakhouse will be closing down for a little over a month uh closes down july 4th so july 3rd would be the last day you could get in there that's a wednesday Opens back up August 10th. Cool. So just make plans to get there before July 3rd or after August 10th, one of the two, or both. Yep. You can go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and uh, make reservations today. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now, both in their... Uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances they really upgraded everything they have two lines rise and noir 
for you to check out at Standard TV and Appliance. Tell us a little bit about them, Court. Well, both of these lines connect to Wi-Fi so that you can use them using your Amazon Alexa or maybe you've got a Google-assisted enabled device like a Google Home. Connect and control appliances remotely. Like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home, you can do that. Get real-time notifications. You can contact Gen Air call center through them. And get this, get a recipe from Yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent and not, not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. You got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, Mm -hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm -hmm. Are, Are people... Who, you know, I guess is largely corporations or doing weddings or something. Are they shopping all the ice cream places and pitting and getting bids? And, you know, it comes down to dollars and cents. At that I haven't point? heard much about that. I was just curious. About I haven't that. heard much about that. I, I think that we're the only ice cream place that shows up with a truck. You know, I know Ruby Jewel has like a, a push cart kind of thing. Vinolo Gelato has a beautiful, beautiful uh, really gelato cool. yeah. bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't heard a lot of people that have mentioned competitors and saying, okay, we're weighing our options between you two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. I've They've asked me for recommendations when we're booked, um, and I've given them, but I don't really know too much how the other people do their operations for catering. And so if you had to, because mm-hmm. you probably... Why would someone want 50 licks at their event over some pretty solid competitors in Portland? We've got a pretty crazy ice cream scene here. You mentioned a couple of, you mentioned all of them so far. Okay, well, I don't have anything to say then. (laughs) No, no, you mentioned those folks, but why should they, what's... You know, what's the what's the elevator speech for uh, 50 licks? Well, for one, for a wedding is our truck is adorable. At an, at an event. It's a vintage 1977 truck. We painted it like baby blue and it was hand sign painted by this famous sign painter from Seattle named Sean Barton. Mm-hmm. We've had people come up and ask, did Sean Barton paint this truck? And I feel really proud because I, I didn't know who he was until I hired him, but it's great. Now you really do. Um, so it looks, it makes a great presentation. The other thing is we have a mixture of flavors that are classic and also innovative, but nothing's like weird for the sake of novelty. Everything's just delicious. Um, the response that I get a lot and that is the one that we're going for is holy shit. I want people to take a taste and say holy shit. And it happens very often. You gotta have that flavor. Yeah, that's that wouldn't work. That would be the wild card. See, Do you want the holy shit today? See, this is why I'm in charge of marketing because that couldn't be up on the name on the menu <laughs> board. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, why else would they hire us for an event? Um, that's a, those are good. Very those good are looking. good reasons. Yeah. Oh, you're good looking. Yeah, <laughs> the whole team is great looking. Is that is that a criteria? No, do I'm you just, take that into account? No, no, no. Hiring? I was kind of being. What facetious. if someone? So listen. Yeah, this is a a fair question. I think mm-hmm. the, the appearance matters. Mm-hmm. They're scooping. They're pleasant people. What if someone is just uh, really unattractive? 
And can you not, you you don't have to cite that reason, I suppose. (laughs) Well, it would be illegal. I don't know if it would be illegal if we did, but it would certainly be bad form. Right. But But I'm just talking about, you know, not appealing to look at with ice cream. Right. That's not something that we take into consideration. Okay. It's, it's about your You're resume. You're on record as saying it. It's absolutely the truth. Beautiful. Now let's the turn truth. the mics off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I'm just curious because you know my ice cream is such a pleasant thing, and so everybody has to be pleasant too. It is. And it you, is. And I have a different approach to customer service than I think a lot of other places do. I haven't worked in a lot of restaurants. I worked in a sandwich shop when I was in college, and that's kind of it. You know, mm-hmm. I came into this industry as an outsider, um, and I guess I kind of still am. But the way I see it is when you have respect for the people that are, you're, that are serving you, you're going to have respect for the food and the experience. If you're coming in and treating everybody like trash, you're not going to have a lot of regard for or the experience after you've walked out. So when I do my training with my staff on customer service, I impress upon them that they are hosts and not servants. A servant, you tell what to do. A host is going to guide you through, welcome them to your home and guide you through the process. I don't ever want my customers to feel stupid, not know where they're supposed to stand, not know what part of the menu they should look at first. We spend a lot of time like engineering the flow of the second shop and the way the menu board works based on what we learned from the first shop, because I think we kind of failed on in a lot of ways on that first shop in the, in the layout. But the idea that we are hosts and we hold ourselves with pride and we're proud to welcome our guests into our home is very important. And I think that the customers, number one, they don't want to boss anybody around. They don't know what we have to offer. We, it's our job to guide them through the whole process. And you have, a, you have an excellent opportunity to do that because it's ice cream and they're sampling. Yeah, you, A lot exactly. of people go into restaurants and you don't, they don't have that opportunity. Right, or the vocabulary on the menu. They've got to Google what a, you know, what a parsnip is or whatever. Right. Um, although we probably have some vocab words on our menu too from time to right, time. Right, but you don't even almost have to worry about that because if someone says, what's a parsnip? You, well, you can taste this. it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um. My bubby always cooked with parsnips. She put in her vegetable soup. And just thinking of that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody can say, will say that. You can say that. You can represent that. But oh, not yeah, yeah. Right. And, not, and, and, so, and so part of being a good host is I want all of the staff to bring their real personalities to the shop. Not everybody is a super smiley person all the time, but I want everybody to be genuine. I want everybody to be warm and I want everybody to be welcoming. And so we tend to, we not tend to, we deliberately hire people with warm, genuine, real personalities who can greet a customer coming in like they're an old friend. I think that is as important as the flavor of your, as your taste of your ice cream. I think so too. Because, because if someone ex- has a sullen person, they're going to not, they're going to think, ah. Eh. Like p- people aren't coming to our place for ice cream. They're coming because they're out with their friends. It's somebody's birthday. They're on a date. They just had dinner. They want to keep talking and they want to come in. They're there for a fun experience. Ice cream is like an excuse for the fun experience, Mm -hmm. but they're there to have a really good time. So we try to make everything that they encounter um, support that, you know, the lighting isn't harsh and bright and glaring and the music is fun and interesting. And the staff that works there are real human people that are interesting people outside of work. What about lines? We do our best. We scoop our asses off, man. <laughs> we scoop our asses off. But I guess there's some, there's some kind of, there's something f- for some people, mm-hmm. not everybody, mm-hmm. that's fun about a line. I mean, 
I uh, feel you. Know, well, well, take Franklin Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just there a few months ago. Right, three we hours, three four hours. It was cold, it was so cold. But people make a <laughs> people make a whole event out of that. Yeah, and that's part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, like a, I'll give you an example from from Portland. Um, I lived here from '02 to '04, and I vowed I would move back, and I did in '08. Um, but I visited in 2006 and Le Pigeon had just opened and I was staying at the Jupiter hotel next door mm-hmm. and I went in by myself for a meal and I sat at the counter and it was over a hundred degrees that day. And I don't think they have air conditioning in there. And it was crazy hot, crazy, crazy hot. And everybody that was eating was like sweating, but I looked around and everybody was enjoying themselves. And I feel like having to suffer for it a little bit made the reward a little bit more rewarding. Mm-hmm. And it was just a magical meal that well, we plus earned. Plus, everybody's in the same boat. Even And then you look at the cooking. Mm-hmm. In that, it's one oh. thing to be eating. Yeah. It's another thing to be cooking. Yeah, and you watch him behind the counter sweating, hopefully not into the food. You know? Yeah, well, they got that covered. That's, yeah. what the, that's what towels are for. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a it's real a memorable salty. experience. It's a little salty tonight, I think. A little salty, right? Than usual. Oh, it's it complements the sea bass or whatever. Right, they, exactly. they wouldn't serve sea bass. Yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't. I didn't. By saying that, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought oh, you were no. on your on your way somewhere. So um, why don't you? Because not everybody's been there, but soon they will have been. Um, a couple of your favorite flavors. Oh at, man. Right we now, don't usually talk about food on the podcast, but your flavors are so wonderful. If I were put on the spot, yeah. I would be, I'm always bad at remembering actual names. Yeah, plus you don't flavors. live in Portland for half of the time. So Yeah, well, yeah. no, but that's true. But I, I have been to 50 Licks mm-hmm. um, quite a few times. I actually have to apologize. I was on my way there last weekend and then Tusk showed up on our radar. Uh-huh. We wanted some place to sit and right. I assumed there might be a line. You have a lot of lines now at 50 Licks? In the summertime, we have lines. I'm so happy for you. Especially weekends, we have lines. Because when you were on here last time, it was like I felt like crying for you because Salt and Straw always had lines down the street, and you were just like, can we get people in here now? In those years, I would close up the shop by myself, having worked a double shift, (laughs) and I would drive past the salt and straw with the lines back to my oh one God, bedroom that apartment. that has to be the most painful thing. And I just decided that I was going to start taking a different route. I would drive a little out of the way so I wouldn't have to go through that. And I don't begrudge them for their success. They've earned that success. And, you know, but they, yes, it's painful for but you. But it's, it's tough. It's tough, you know. But I. But it must feel good now. You've got some it lines. It's and, not all the time, but what are I, lines? What I hear from my customers, and I'm so, so proud of this, is that we're the place that people in Portland in the no-go. When I see chefs in our line, it makes me so happy. Yeah, that's, And I see them bringing their kids in, it makes me so happy. That's like uh, in New Haven, mm-hmm. pizza. Peppies, get, Peppies and Sally's get all the national, you know, people, the tourists are there. Mm-hmm. Modern pizza. Modern pizza is a the solid jam. line full of people who are from New Haven. Yeah. And same thing, same thing here. But I mean, Salt and Straw has a lot of... Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And locals. they make great stuff. Yeah. And I... Honestly, Pinola Gelato should get a lot of that line too. Though, just, he's—I just was going to say that I didn't want to keep bringing up competitors, but no. I, like if you're on division, oh yeah. my god, you and waiting online over there, Two you blocks gotta, over, and it's just spectacular. I, it's a different product than what we make and what Salt and Straw makes, so right. it's kind of hard to compare. But it's this beautiful light flavor that just 
It's a pure, pure flavor. It just sits on your tongue and then it melts away into nothing very I, quickly. I am so happy you said that because yeah. I didn't want to say it on your podcast. Oh, you're, but, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but it is Portland and this is where we do this sort of thing. Yeah. So, I, well, it, community, not competition, right? Hashtag. Right. Right. Little, little uh, Nate Snell exactly. over there at Pips. Exactly. Um, so um, uh, do you do you promote some of the other? I have definitely on our social media. I mean, I, I had a. Um, do you go? To other ice cream places? Yeah. Do you go off? I don't have time. I don't eat a lot of ice cream because it's like work, you know? Right. Um, every time I taste our ice cream, I'm like, this is good. <laughs> I'll usually eat a But scoop. don't you need to try some others? I do. To- I do. I will say like, like, I'm sure you're probably going to want to bring it up the, the little bean um, place. Well, he was like, yeah, he introduced it on this podcast. He, he, that's great. The first time anybody had ever heard of it. Yeah, he was Go our ahead. neighbor in our building where our production kitchen is. Uh, he rented it temporarily when they were doing the That's R&D Micah, over there. Camden. Yeah, Micah, um, and and uh, Jason were working on the um, on the R and D end of it. Um, but I still haven't been over there to have a taste of it. My wife and I are like, we guys should go. Yeah, we should go. But she owns a business and I own a business, and there just isn't. T- we don't really eat out that much. It's just we're working all the time, so there isn't a lot of time to try every new place that opens. Are you going to? Do you have on the horizon and in, in your sights the opportunity to go out and enjoy this food scene that you're participating in? It's starting to happen a little bit. It's starting to happen. I, as I said, I have this amazing team in place, which allows me to have like something that resembles a weekend from time to time, and it's just really nice. Well, that's it's gr- great. I haven't had that in travel. years. A little bit. Of, so yeah, you can go, go out have for some the weekend. Gelato in Italy would be nice. Well, that I would love to be able to take. Two weeks off. We'll see. How you don't need going. two weeks to go. Yeah, I guess that's true. You can do it in a lot less. Yeah, I got to wait for you to do that. But um, I interrupted you. You were talking about your flavors specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I just can't eat enough of this soy sauce caramel that we made. It's basically like a salted caramel with some richer, deeper kind of flavors. You know? mm-hmm. Umami. Yeah. Um, uh, or horchata is killer. What uh, is that? So we've been making this Thai rice ice cream where we take jasmine rice and we uh, infuse uh, pandan leaves into the rice when we cook it and we blend it all up uh, and make this beautiful Thai rice ice cream with milk, sugar, and cream. Um, the horchata is the Mexican drink. You know, it's basically rice milk with with cinnamon and sugar. Uh, so we take the take the Thai rice and we just added a little vanilla and some cinnamon to it and it totally takes it in a very different direction. It's very like simple and delicious and like every kid likes it and i've been eating a lot of it lately um we've been getting into a lot of non-dairy flavors lately um mainly because is that because the market calls the market is like going it? there i i like it a lot i we've had when we when we're when we're giving people f- flavors to sample if we can tell that somebody isn't vegan and they're not going to trust something that's non-dairy we'll just give them samples of the non-dairy stuff and they never know that it's non-dairy. Interesting. Um, I see the market going there. I'm also immensely concerned about the the future of the planet and our ecology, and and the welfare of the animals. Um, and we do a we vet that to some extent. There's not so much that we can find out. I'm actually awaiting some more information from my dairy about the animal treatment aspect of things, but. Our planet just can't take this much. I look at the volume of milk and cream and egg yolks that we order, and it's astounding. And then you think about the huge fields of either grain or grass to to feed those cows, the water that's involved. How do you get rid of their waste? Um, it's just it's just enormous. And I, 
we do a lot to be to minimize our our impact on the planet as possible. All of our spoons have been have been you know metal reusable spoons from day one, and our tasting spoons. And we last year we switched over to wooden tasting spoons that are like from farmed birch trees, and our to go cups are all pulp paper, so there's nothing plastic lining or anything like that. They can even if somebody litters, they'll just turn into into mulch in a few days. Um, but the dairy, oh, and our power comes from reusable solar and wind or whatever, probably wind. But the dairy is the biggest aspect. Um, and I see the trend, every phone call I get from a customer, probably 60% of them are asking what our vegan flavors are or if we have vegan ice cream. So it's going that way. So we can be viable yeah, so as a business. So when you started this, did you get any of those requests? Well, yeah, it was Portland and I knew we would have those. And but we started 60%? with one. Oh, well, those, the are calls. Calls. those are people yeah, that call. Those are calling. people that are calling, right? Right now, I, I I'd <laughs> have to look at the revenue. Our third people aren't calling and saying, "Is your straw? Do you have strawberry?" No, they're not it's, calling that, yeah. and they're not calling and say, "Do you have chocolate?" Right, no. exactly. <laughs> so, as far as flavors go, like chocolate's always going to be the number one flavor. Um, and number You're two, bur- what's the bourbon? Uh, the butterscotch whiskey. But, yeah, butterscotch whiskey. So yeah, it's a scotch. We that just one put has, stands in my mind. Famous, Obviously, the name didn't, but we're discontinuing it. Okay. OLCC starting to give us trouble about it. They want us to be really vigilant in policing that people don't walk out with it because you're not allowed to have alcohol to go. So there if I go. put something in a cone, somebody, and I ask them, are you going to stay in? They say yes. They walk across the street. OLCC finds 50 licks and also the person that's scooping the ice cream personally. Uh, at this point, I don't think the liability is worth yeah, it. Yeah, no, you, you can't do that. I it, wonder if you can replicate the flavor without the alcohol. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that just doesn't seem right to fake scotch flavor or to burn the alcohol off. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. If we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. You know, I, it just doesn't feel like I a thought Chad it was thing. good. I liked when it got I love it too. pretty melty. And yeah. It was, I, I like all my ice cream. What percentage of people like it? I, I'll take it out of the freezer yeah. and let it sit there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I do 15 seconds in the microwave. We'll soften yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have a microwave anymore, so ah. I got a, a little bit. That For me, it was ice cream and butter. That's yeah. it. But um, So what percentage of people like it rock hard versus? I don't know. I don't know. We try to scoop don't, it at a proper temperature. Okay, so you have so a consistency. So it holds together, but it's, you know, and we have freezers of two different temperatures because each, the sugar content and salt content and a few other formulation things will affect the freezing point. So we need to have those two freezers at different points in order to keep it always at the proper scooping temperature. But I've noticed a lot of ice cream shops, because mm-hmm. um, I've ordered my share yeah. of it. In the, but the, the the consistency is, or the temperature is inconsistent at best. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll put the wrong flavor on the bottom and it gets Yeah, bad. I mean, that's, that's a result of like the sugar content. Like right now, this soy sauce with caramel is one of the meltier flavors because the salt from the soy sauce acts like road salt and melts the ice cream. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think you want to describe it that way. Oh, uh, you, maybe you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> the, road, the road salt. Yeah. Um, you know, and here's the, here's the other thing. Sometimes you mention wacky, crazy mm-hmm. flavors. Like novelty before. kind of flavors. Novelty flavors, yeah. and you have to figure out where that line is it's because a, I would think that some of the ones you mentioned for a lot of people are, are pretty crazy. But it's once you taste it. Right. Once you taste but you have it. To, you, that's why it's important it's in a shop. Yeah. So if, if you're at a grocer and you're looking in the freezer, that's a different. Absolutely. That's a very different thing. And so I, you know, I have my favorite Ben and Jerry's. Which one? Flavors. 
Oh, fish food. Uh-huh. And, That's uh, like a lot of the icky, gooey, sticky stuff? Yeah, it's got, well, it's just real excellent chocolate with mm-hmm. chocolate uh, chunks, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like candy bar kind of chocolate in there. Yeah. With a little marshmallow, and, oh, man, I, I just feel like... That's a winner every time. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can't, you can't beat that. And it's just, it's not simple, but it is simple because it's based on basic chocolate. Yeah. And then I like the Cherry stuff. Garcia. Cherry Garcia. Oh, cherry ice cream in general is so good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'm sure you do pretty well with cherries around here. We haven't done it. We've done any cherry ice creams in a while. They're not a big seller. Really? Yeah. They're not a big seller. Um, our strawberry is crazy. We just keep buying more and more strawberries from this farm. Every year we buy more. We just bought. Four. How long can you keep the strawberries around? Because right now, or last week, yes, the yeah, the I bought strawberries. I had. I don't remember having them that good. They're good. No, they're great. They're, it's the kind of thing where every year you forget. Oh my god, these are the best. Yeah, the first week of the season was okay, and yeah. then you're right. Last week was amazing. We bought yeah. like fifteen hundred pounds last week. Um, and how long can you just do you freeze? We we get them. The actually the strawberry farmers. They pick them and freeze them that day. We oh. get them from South Barlow Farms. So they pick them and freeze them that day. We tell them how much we want to pick up for the year. And then every couple of weeks, like, all right, we're coming over to pick up another thousand pounds. And, you know, either me or somebody else drives the van over to the farm. It's a lovely drive. And we load it all in. Then we take it back to the kitchen. We thaw those strawberries. We puree them and add sugar. The sugar preserves them because it lowers the water activity in the strawberries. So, you know... It also helps prevent ox- oxidation, and then we refreeze those, and then we thaw them as we need them through the year. It's not like we have to worry about frozen berries aren't going to have their texture because they're pureed anyway, so that's, it doesn't really matter. To me, mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot to do, and that's just one flavor. Oh, that's and an one easy aspect. flavor. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying you have to plan that for a lot of different flavors yeah. and a lot of storage, and you know, and there's got to be a lot of plan. Is there a software program that no, handles all there this isn't. For you? Our kitchen staff are awesome. They're all pastry chefs. Um, and bakers, and they're just kind of used to that. I, we got some insanely good peaches, peaches from Trevor Baird a few years ago, and it took us forever to peel those peaches. And I really want to do it again, but I don't want the kitchen to be mad at me. <laughs> they were so good. Well, then you have to invent the peeling machine. Yeah, or hire high school kids high for school, one day. Yeah, hire them is better because yeah. the machine isn't, doesn't employ anybody. But And inventing a machine is not, I have enough to do right now. I've yeah, got to engineer a machine. But that's, a, that's a nice way to yeah. get you to dislodge yourself from having to be in an ice cream shop at age 50 or 60. That's true. So you, that's I, true. I invented that machine. I don't work in the shops anymore. Um, I like to do the events with the truck because it takes a little bit more. Every event is going to be different and there's a lot of unpredictable stuff and it's fun to get out of the kitchen every now and then. But I'm mostly kind of behind the scenes, like handyman half the time and doing the office stuff badly half the other time. And then the 1% that's left over is, I don't even know what. But you you said you hired an assistant. You're doing less of the office stuff. I just, I did. She's starting toward the end of the month. Oh, she hasn't started yet. Not yet, yet, no. So there, as part of that syndrome... Mm -hmm. You're going to spend a lot of time training oh, on the boy. stuff that you're not good at. And she's never she's never done this before. She's one of our scoopers that wants to move on from doing food service. She's been doing a lot of food service for her whole career, and she wants to tiptoe into other things. And she's just got a really great personality and patient and very detail-oriented. And I, I trust her, and she's dedicated and cares. So did, but, you, did, you read, did you have a separate email for her on... 
what to expect. And uh, if you're if you're not ready for this, don't do it. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I had a meeting with her last week and um, kind of went over what this is going to entail. And it's like, you need to be able to be comfortable telling me, Chad, you can't go to lunch right now. You have a meeting in an hour, you know, and like keep on my ass about all these little things because I said the ADHD, I can get too many details and I'll let things slip like ordering new labels for the pint containers or something like that. So I need somebody reminding me about that stuff. That's definitely part of her job. And it's going to take her a little bit of getting used to telling her boss what to do. But and I, it's going to take you some getting used to. Oh, I like it. I need I need somebody telling me what to do. And I'm sure you're, I'm sure Ali is telling you that you need someone to do that. She's definitely told me I need somebody to do that. So what does my she, shop manager. What does your wife do? Oh, she runs a skincare company. She's been an esthetician for 20 years since she was like 20 years old. And uh, she's also an herbalist. And she went to herbal school, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And she just got completely burnt out from seeing clients. But over the years, she's learned so much about the skin and understands how it works. She has a line of skincare products that she sells through her website. And she's also begun wholesaling to other estheticians. And it's really kind of taken off. It's, and what's the website? It's called Heart of Gold is the name of the company, www.heartofgold.love pretty upscale stuff everything dot is l-o-v-e or l-u-v dot l-o-v-e wow that's a domain yeah they've I, got I've all these domains i've never heard of that domain there's all these awesome domains that you can get that aren't you need 50 licks that love too i'm fine with dot com it's all right i just yeah. want people to find us heartofgold.com was already taken right. so i suggested heartofgold dot and oh that was the marketing things, so. the the marketing side of chad she's better at that stuff than me she's, is she yeah She's amazing. What else is she better at than you? Oh, boy. Um, she understands things. She's from other people's point of view. So she was the one who really, we went into the Burnside shop before it was open and we laid everything out on the floor with tape. Here's where the counter is going to be. Here's where the tables are. And we walked through and it's like, are you immediately drawn to this location? Is that where the register should be? Where is your eye going to fall for the menu board? All that stuff she Your understands. Your menu board is awesome, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it's really it. It's really appealing and attractive. It's what comes to mind for me when I think of your shop is your menu board. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Well, there are a lot of good things there too, but that's the one. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's important that people not be bewildered and confused. I, I've been to some ice cream shops where I walk in and truly my eyes don't know where to fall on first. And my, I'm looking, this is Sunday's way. Where does it say the sizes or the flavors? And we also have these little balls uh, we have these this model of these two wooden balls on dowels on a base that show the size of the scoops because I want people to be able to visualize what a classic size scoop and what a mini scoop looks mm -hmm. like. Um, and it's really helpful for people to uh, have that little thing there. I just want to try to make it as easy for the customers because they're there to have fun. They're not there to be like stressed out or, you know. Yeah, no, it's one yeah. of the most fun products you can do. We were talking about Ali. Do you... Um uh, both exchange ideas on your businesses all a lot. The time. Are, you, are you like you're, you're your own board of directors? No, all the time, all the time. Both from a technical standpoint with the process stuff, because she's making emulsions, she's using equipment to combine things and blend things and 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 extract aromas and and stuff. And we're doing the same thing. So frequently, she'll give us a suggestion for our process of how to do something more efficiently, or I'll give her a suggestion. And her knowledge of chemistry is crazy, and I'm not so bad at it myself. So um, it's really fun. And then recently she, um, she's like, here, I made this new product, smell this. And it was like a body butter, which is the only, most of her stuff is for the face, is the only thing for the body. And it's a yuzu shiso 
body butter that also has some tangerine oil and some vanilla in it. And I smelled it and I'm like, this is a 50 licks flavor. <laughs> like I'm making this into a flavor. So we've got all the ingredients now to R and D with like Shiso essential oil and, and yuzu juice and everything to try. I to think you right. need, then you need to have the complimentary take home <laughs> so you can smell like this ice cream. <laughs> when we first started dating, she wanted to do an ice cream facial where she would smear ice cream on her client's face. I'm like, please, that's not a good idea. I just thought that maybe that was just a dating <laughs> suggestion. Oh, that could have been. It could have been. Maybe I missed out on some real fun uh, yeah, experiences. Exactly. So um, have, uh, have there ever, has there ever been like a food fight at a 50 licks? Oh, that's a great, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. I've never seen anybody throw anything or anything like that. It's pretty calm. There's not too much, too much drama. I'm not suggesting it. I just, you know, it's one of the things that do you, could, could do you, break out. Do you remember a few months ago, maybe it was a year ago, when Cat Williams, the comedian, was arrested at the airport for assaulting his limo driver? No. Well, that happened, and it made national news, and the first place he went after getting released from jail was 50 Licks. Wow. I didn't find out until a Did couple weeks later. Did the paparazzi follow him? No, but I, I found out a couple weeks later that, they, that, that Cat Williams came in, and he just got out of jail, and... <laughs> What other famous people have been there? Um, we've served lots of people on movie and TV sets. So like anybody that may have ever been on Portlandia, everybody from Grimm, um, um, the, uh, Josh Cantor, the amazingly adorable organist for the Red Sox, mm -hmm. uh, came through with a friend of mine. Um, oh, we just had a famous person recently. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. There's been, there's been a lot. There's been a whole lot. I wish I could remember more names, but there's definitely been a whole lot. Certainly yeah. all the Portland famous celebrities, but... Do you uh, put them on social media? Lisa Schroeder, whenever anybody's down at, at Mother's, uh -huh. she manages to get them on. She's, uh, I don't want to mess with people and harass them. You know, like, I, they're eating their I ice cream. I yeah, I, I totally agree with you, but you, they're probably used to it. Maybe. But yeah, ice cream, you think they just want to be alone. Yeah. I oh, I just, so. uh, I just found out that um, Steve Malkmus from Pavement, the you know singer-guitar player from Pavement, uh, lives around. It's I'm too a, old for that. 90s seminal, very important indie rock band, and okay. uh, he lives around the corner from the Burnside shop. And I've received word that he does visit from time to time. But my staff is too young to know who he is. So, <laughs> so do you? So you said you don't get out much. Do you have some chef friends that help you? Do you ever do like a chef's flavor? No, it hasn't. It hasn't happened really in a while. I can't remember the last time we did something like that. It's the the R and D process takes a very long time because we are meticulous about it, not just sounding good, but actually being perfect. Right. And we don't know how long that's going to take. And we've just found when we try to coordinate with people, it just takes way too long. And we did a thing with Alma chocolate, which was delicious, but it was maybe a little too high concept. It was like a uh, lemon basil with a chocolate ganache, and it didn't really sell very well. Um, I don't know. We just kind of do our thing. <laughs> we haven't been asked by too many chefs to do it, no. but it is just, it just adds a, a large amount to the logistics. How do we get them in the room and how many rounds of R and D do they really want to go? It's through? really a big marketing thing. I mean, a lot of company, a lot of restaurants are doing it. Yeah, they do a great job. And the times that we've done it, like we did, um, brandy milk punch, which was uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler's recipe for brandy yeah, milk yeah, punch. That's Nobody cared that his name was on it. Nobody, everybody's like, who? You know, well, it's just a different, it's not, I thought foodies were going to be our main demographic. It turns out our demographic is everybody. We're like, you know. Is, does it not skew younger? I always feel like when I see 
people um, at your it probably fl- is younger. Is that your flagship store now, do you call the that? The Burnside? I don't yeah, know, whatever. It's the Burnside. Or but that, it feels like it's a little younger crowd. The Burnside crowd is a less educated food crowd than the Clinton Street crowd Okay. Is. The Clinton Street crowd are neighborhood regulars primarily and people who like know what they're getting into. The Burnside shop is a lot of tourists. It's a lot of people who just happen to be passing by. They went to the movie theater across the street. They ate at one of the restaurants on the block. They don't necessarily know what we're all about. It's a it's a less of an informed audience. So we get I don't know how do I. So to go to Clinton Street, you have to. It's basically a destination. It's a destination, or you're eating at Jacqueline next door, at Baraska across the street, or right. the sushi place, and you know. So that neighborhood's yeah. built up. It's again. really great. Yeah, and I live in that building, so it's wonderful. I there's great. I just. Oh, had you a, don't want to tell people where you live. I live right behind it. You can knock on my door. Wow. Mm-hmm. What do, you, what do you want? What what would be your biggest nightmare if someone was knocking on your door? <laughs> that it would be my next door neighbor who owns the duck that lives next door to me. Oh, that's my biggest. Does I, that duck wake you up? The duck quacks. Well, my neighbor is pretty much nocturnal, and he is taking it upon himself to do all the gardening for the whole building. Mm-hmm. So he's got the leaf blower going at one in the morning, and he's got his duck outside of our door, like shitting right in front of our door and quacking super loud. And we laugh. Like if it was a dog, we'd be so annoyed. But because it's a duck, it's just hilarious. <laughs> but, That's good. But Maybe that, that guy, was a neighbor strategy. But that guy might just murder us in our sleep at some point. He's a very strange guy. Well, yeah. Um, yeah so people can go look for, listen for the listen cracking for the duck, duck. Be, behind the. If you see the two cats at the fifty licks, those are my cats, and they're both very sweet and friendly. Oh, so you're a cat person. Well, we both have cats. I don't know that I'd call myself a cat person. Well, versus a dog person. Why do you have to just make a distinction? Well, some people have one over the other. Okay, here's my thing about dogs. I love dogs if they're somebody else's dogs. I can't handle a constant... I'm the opposite. I know, I know. (laughs) But like, you love your dogs like nobody I've ever seen before. Yeah, well, and I love other dogs, but it's really hard for me to have a close degree of love for other dogs when I have so much that... Yeah, but dogs, like sometimes I just want to be left alone and I don't want to have something that constantly needs my attention. Right. You're a busy guy. Yeah, and I also don't want to be standing in the rain waiting for a dog to poop and then pick it up with my fingers inside of an inside-out bag and carry it with me until we get home. Uh, I have no argument on that, so I agree with you. Yeah. And that's not fun. But dogs are sweet, and they're nice, and I love them. They're great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and dogs love ice cream. I, we always give a little sample to a dog. We can't have any dogs in the shop. Right. People in Portland feel like it's okay to just bring their dogs into a place that if the health inspector walked in, we would get a fine. If somebody wrote a bad review on Yelp and said they let animals in here, right. we it would hurt our score. And they feel entitled to just bring their dogs in as though it's like, this is my living room or something. Well, there are a lot of entitled people. And it around. seems to be a trend in this city. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially with their dogs. Mm-hmm. So listen, I am um, just, uh, very happy that you, first of all, that you came in to join us. So it's a great opportunity to have you. But I'm so glad that I believe you're not putting on the, um, you know, you said before when you came last time, you were trying very hard to not let your everything that was going on inside of you show. Yeah. I don't think you're hiding anything right now. No, I think things are good. I think you can just generally see a lot of positive things emitting from you. I think you got a good assessment of it, yes. Well, it's easy. <laughs> you ha- you, you'd have to be a really good actor to have the energy that you have right now and not really feel it. So now I want to go back and listen to the 
other podcasts. You can see my hear my voice quivering or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I haven't. It's been a while. So yeah. we'll listen and we will reference it. So if people got this far, they're at the end, but we will have already referenced the number in the intro. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. It's always fun. Let's uh, come back when what? One quick question. Yeah, yeah. When we have you back in four years, where do you want? Where do you want? Oh my God! I uh, said that. Fifty licks to be. I, I worked at Gateway Computers on Jansen Beach when I was like twenty-two, mm-hmm. and one time I answered the phone, Dell Computers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, it happens. Uh, I think we need, there's a couple things. Um, one, I don't want to spill too much of the beans because competitors can jump on it, but I think we need to expand outside of the Portland market. I can't have three months of profit and nine months of either breaking even or losing money. Mm-hmm. We got to go somewhere sunny. We are going to be exploring LA at the end of this summer to look for locations. I don't know what that means or how much money I'm going to need. Just, I want to dip my toe in the water. That's but awesome. It's going to be hard to expand even more in Portland and it's like, for the for the money that it would cost to rent our GM up an apartment and fly him down twice a month, it more than makes up for it for having 12 months of good weather. Right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. great. Well, good luck with that. And I'm sure we'll see you elsewhere. Um, you know, uh, Proud Mary did a little bit. Expanding in Melbourne was, yeah. was not the same as opening up a whole new market. It's so funny. I ran into them in Austin. When mm-hmm. I was saying I went yeah. to Franklin, I ran into them in Austin. My wife was at a show selling her products and they were there. Oh, you're from Portland. And I was like, oh, you guys own Proud Mary. That's amazing. Yeah. So there's, yeah. look for them down there. I don't think they're, I don't know if that's a secret, but we, oh, don't, have they? Lot, we don't have a lot of Austin listeners anyway. Oh, they're actively seeking uh, elsewhere. They okay. want to go elsewhere. Okay. But not necessarily Austin. Oh, probably uh, necessarily Austin. That's exciting. That's yeah. so great for them. So it's good. For I'll them. have to learn from them how they do it being in multiple cities. I think there's something with, you know, you see Chef's Table bring in their multiple different restaurants elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably something that would be beneficial for all of you to just like bring Portland yeah. together. Right, so, or have like some pool of managers that we can trust each other down there. Exactly, yeah. and watch each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX, or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at RightAtTheFork.com. 